0: Welcome to Voices of Resilience, a special series from the Vital Voices podcast, where we're sharing stories of courage, commitment, innovation, and perseverance from women leaders in unprecedented crisis. I'm your host, Elise Nelson. Today, I'm speaking with Leadership Incubator Fellow, Anna Kosolme. Anna is founder and CEO of Noveli, an education technology nonprofit that inspires civic action among youth through stories. And today, with COVID-19 sparking fear and anxiety in so many people, we've sadly also seen a surge in racism against the Asian American community and Pacific Islander community. And here in the United States, that's certainly the problem, as well as in other countries around the world. So Anna and her team at Noveli created a hashtag People Are Not The Virus campaign, to drive the conversation forward together, Anna. Thank you so much for joining us. This is such an important topic.
1: Thank you for having me. I feel like it's been ages since we saw you speak in October, but it's great to be chatting with you again.
0: It's a whole nother world, isn't it? Just a whole. It, it seems like a whole other lifetime. Um, but I'm I'm so glad that that uh, your work continues and and even really pivoting to to address this. So just to start off, I know you're in Los Angeles. Can you tell us a little bit more about how your community is handling the pandemic? I feel like California was really out there early on with your governor coming out, um, you know, one of the earlier shelter in place uh, calls. And then, of course, mayor of Los Angeles. He's been extremely outspoken. So maybe give us a little insight into what it's like to be there.
1: Yeah, completely. It's I'm extremely grateful that the state has been very aggressive in terms of um, staying at home. And I am hopeful because our communities, especially here in Southern California, are taking quarantine measures quite seriously, at least from my vantage point. And we're staying at home, It's it feels like indefinitely with some businesses slowly reopening, I think starting this week, but I, Like I work in civics education, and I I really see this COVID nineteen crisis as a time when civics matters more than ever because it's about being responsible uh, to your community, and I really see that here.
0: Mm. And can you tell me a little bit about how um, Novely works normally? Yeah, let's say before the pandemic.
1: Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Like I, as an ed tech nonprofit, you'd think that we're Uh, Very easily adjusted to this situation, but because we work with schools and communities, a lot of our work was actually in person and the app um, that we would use with students or we'd have teachers and train them to use it with students was very much um, an in-person experience but it's been it's been really uh interesting and challenging for us to transition to digital marketing and holding all of these virtually but at the end of the day I think we realized that there is an opportunity for us to to help
0: mm. and you know obviously I think um one of the things that uh that is going on right now and and I know this is certainly the case across uh, California and Los Angeles as children not being in school and obviously as you said you know your work is for the most part previously in person how have you adapted
1: it's crazy actually like and almost heartwarming more heartwarming than ever before because we've been reaching out directly to students and for example like we like we realized that a lot of, um, you know, students were stuck at home, uh, who were using our app and wanted to be able to take charge of their own learning. So we started these, um, virtual programs specifically for kids. Usually we go through educators and we don't get to interact with them as directly as we would like, but that's how it's changed. And it's actually been, mm. um, very, uh, yeah, heart, I guess heartwarming is the best word I could use to describe it to watch these students really um, take charge of their own learning. Like this generation, I think, is is uh, phenomenal.
0: Um, and, you know, you think about it. I can't imagine growing up being, you know, a, a kid who's learning about the world, you know, whether it's in junior high, high school, college, coming into your you know, first job and this hits. It, it will shape this generation in a way I don't think any of us can can ever imagine, right? I mean, for us, it is, yes, it'll shape our future, but not the way that it will shape their future and their calculus in terms of the way they think about their the world and their place within that world. And, you know, because I know you you are doing so much work really connecting young people with civics, education. Can you talk a little bit about um, the conversations that you're seeing now? I mean, as you mentioned, you are more connected to, to young people directly rather than just to being connected to the educators. What are some of those key topics um, that you're hearing about right now?
1: It's been a mixture. I think on the on the initial reaction, we listened to students talk about their fears, their anxieties, So everything from, you know, am I gonna be able to graduate and really mourning the loss of being able to graduate and walk with their um, friends. If they are seniors, we've heard students talk to us about um, AP classes, AP exams, just like very much like the concerns that you have when you're a high school student. But at the same time, I think this, these students are just so aware uh, and wanted to also talk about topics like mental health, self care, stress, the, all of these things that um, understandably they're affected by as well uh, as well as adults during this pandemic. Um, but of course, since we're a civics education organization, you'd be really shocked I think by how um insightful and politically engaged you know students as young as 13 can be I had a, a conversation recently with one of our students named Kayla and she just spoke to me for a solid half an hour about uh, net neutrality and how she thinks the internet should be a utility because of this this pandemic and I was just blown away by how much research and thought she had put into this so the whole the whole um, spectrum of thoughts are are coming from these students. And I think that a lot of conversations about education right now are happening without them, but I think we really should listen to them because they're, they have a lot of uh, great thoughts to contribute. Mm.
0: Uh, and I do also believe that digital rights is, is like the emerging issue of, of certainly of their generation um, and, and obviously net neutrality very central to that. So, um, as I mentioned in the, in the introduction, um, we have all seen that there has been this terrible surge of racism and just, you know, unacceptable, harmful terms like referring to the pandemic as a Chinese virus. I mean, we have seen presidents of countries. We won't name which presidents of countries, but heads of state talking about this as the Chinese virus. Um, can you tell us a bit about the work that you are doing to bring that racism to an end, to really shine a spotlight on the damage that it does? Yeah, definitely.
1: It's uh, it's a very tough thing to watch, but I think it's important for us to remember that the COVID-19 is bringing a lot of issues that already existed to the surface. And yeah. I, like I remember the first time I was told to go back to China when I was younger, not related to COVID-19, but in general. And it's, it's hard. Like it's like a, you're when you're already, uh, living in fear of a, of a virus and, and watching, you know, a lot of people get sick and businesses be affected and all of these other effects. It's horrible to have hatred and violence and harassment, stacked on top of that. So what we've done at Noveli is we've launched this people are not the virus campaign. So we we typically release different issues each semester. We are we're originally going to release a climate crisis curriculum the semester, but we've pushed that back uh, in order to address the more immediate need, which is to do a pandemic specific curriculum that both parents and educators can do with their students um and we noticed within the education space a lot of people were talking about uh income inequality we're talking about Um, mental health as it relates to the pandemic but not a lot of people were talking about race with students because understandably it's a really hard topic so that's what we're doing we've released this race-centered curriculum we've also released a um, hashtag people are not the virus pledge to stand in solidarity with the Asian American community here in the U.S. I, I think that as you know as an educator and as someone who loves students and works with students uh all the time. I I believe that we need to keep emphasizing that empathy and civics matter more than ever. Uh, and that we need more solidarity in this country, not less at such a difficult time. Um, also, as a sister, I and as an Asian American woman, I am super heartbroken because my own sister called me to tell me that she was spat at for bringing the Chinese virus to her school. And it's, oh. it's horrifying. Um, but we need to remember that you know, the best of us and worst of us could be seen at this time. And I want to urge students to bring out the best in themselves and in the people around them. So that's what we're hoping to accomplish with this hashtag people are not the virus campaign.
0: Mm. Now I know that, that you um, are from the Asian American community, your parents um, from the Philippines, Can you talk a bit about, or do you feel comfortable talking a bit about your own personal experiences? You talked about your sister, obviously.
1: You know, it's funny. I actually didn't realize that I was a minority until I was much older. So I I grew up in East Hollywood, which is just this super diverse majority-minority community. The elementary and middle school that I went to. My entire graduating class, you were either Mexican or Filipino, and that was it. And i I didn't really grow up with that awareness that I was uh, I was different, I was other, until until I was an adult. And I and I don't even think I really felt that when I went to undergraduate my undergraduate studies in Stanford. Um, but I think the first time I really remember. Um, feeling like, oh wow, like I'm not perceived as American was when I studied abroad in Florence. Um, And uh, it, like not being able to walk the streets in the same way as my roommate who looked Italian was really jarring for me. Like I realized like, wow, I I occupy space differently from this person and and perceived differently from this person because of how I look. and because of how I look, like no one around me thought I was an American student studying abroad. They thought I was um, an immigrant, like a, a, a Chinese-Italian immigrant. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, it's an experience that uh, showed me how I think my parents must have experienced coming to the U.S. for the first time. So in some ways, I am really grateful to to understand um but but it was really it was very tough realizing that wow like sometimes people do not associate being Asian with being American that you can't be both uh and I I feel very strongly rooted in both of these identities so to have that denied to you is is very uh upsetting but I think I've gotten to this point where I feel confident in my own identity as both Asian and American. So it's it feels a little less upsetting, but I do hope that that people will be able to see that and it, it'll change.
0: What are you seeing right now that you wish could be amplified? You know, I think there are there are so many incredible acts of humanity, of courage, of resilience, of perseverance. You know that that we are all seeing, and they give us hope to continue on. What are you seeing, particularly among young people, that you just wish if this could be amplified, if if we could see more of this, we'd have a better, more diverse, more uh, understanding world.
1: That's a great question. I I think that whenever I feel sad or hopeless about the state of any any community or the world i look to the students that we work with uh, really closely because they are thoughtful empathetic curious people and i i love that they're at you know 13 14 15 16 uh, they're just they're just so eager to learn about other people and engage in in dialogue Uh, So Novely focuses on civic dialogue and it's hard, like talking, like, for example, like uh, a very small scale example of dialogue is um, challenging a family member who might say an anti-Asian comment or who might post something about the Chinese virus online, like maybe tweeting it um, without any hint of irony. And... uh, like something as simple as, you know, like a 15-year-old or 16-year-old challenging that uh, takes a lot of courage. Like e- even if it's just this, this one, like this one interaction, um, but they do it. And it's, it's really heartwarming because I think that's where change lies, is in all of these small ways where you have courage um, to not only challenge the people around you, but really listen and understand where they're coming from um, and try to... And try to um share what you actually think. so i I think that's something that I wish could be amplified is all of these these small ways that uh, people are are changing hearts and minds or at the very least being curious enough to understand them.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, thank you so much for the for the work that you do, the understanding that you're building. Um, and I think there's never been a more important time to be guiding young people through thoughtful discussion and engaging them in civics education. So thank you so much for what you do and for being part of our Vital Voices Network through the Leadership Incubator Program. And I wish you the very best of luck.
1: Thank you so much for what you do as well. Empowering women leaders is also super important. So thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for listening to the special edition of the Vital Voices podcast. We hope that you're doing all you can to keep yourselves, your families, your teams, and your communities safe and healthy. If you'd like to support our work with women leaders in this country and around the world, you can donate to Vital Voices on our website at vitalvoices.org. Or you can text VITAL, V-I-T-A-L, to four one four four four. That's vital to four one four four four. Stay safe and remember that we will get through this unsettling time together.